great. Welcome to By Design. I'm Lynn. And I'm Danette. And we're excited you're with us today because we've been talking with Shannon Martin. She's got a new book. It's so fun talking to her because she's just so real and authentic. And I, she, she just completely cracks me up too. She makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. And, and Right. And she drops these little nuggets of truth and understanding and you're just... And then we talk about smoking for a while. So we talk about smoking and mugs. (laughs) So your coffee and your smoke. (laughs) Right. And maybe the drug use a little gets (laughs) sprinkled in, but it's such a good... You'll want to listen. You'll want to listen to hear her because she's got so much truth and get her new book. So head over to the website, Buy Design Podcast for all of the links and things for you to buy. Mm -hmm. It's the Ministry of Ordinary Places. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're good. You're awake. Oh my gosh. So how are you feeling? You've been busy, girl. It's launch week. Oh my gosh. I was so glad that you made this for 1030. Oh, good. I, I got, I mean, I got home last night at like after one. And oh man. I saw my kids. I didn't even get out of bed. I talked to my kids from mm-hmm. my bed Atta this girl. morning and then I went right back to sleep. So good job. this is perfect. That's totally acceptable. Any day. Yeah, if you ask any me. day. So, <laughs> But this is just audio. <laughs> oh, honey, <laughs> we don't do video. <laughs> or morning showers. So, there are so many people who want to. And I'm always like, why? Oh. I honestly have trouble. I've asked people, like, I don't mind saying hi. It's fine, whatever. But I've asked people, like, can I turn the video off? Because I get oh, distracted. Sure. Oh, for sure. Me too. Yep. Sometimes the audio and the video don't quite match up, and then that gets like I it just throws can't. you off. Yeah, yeah. I have to yep. do that at church on Sunday, and anywhere I go, I need to sit near the front because I get distracted so easily. Yeah. Well, all those cute yep. babies, like I get, yeah, well, yeah, to like coo and goo at them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just had a meeting where I had to have like a phone, like a Zoom meeting where I see the video and talk to the person, and I yeah. practiced with a friend the day before, and like my brain wouldn't work when I look. At her and talk to my friend. Like, I know. That's and I, what I'm saying. I know her. I, know I couldn't even do it. I do the same thing. I yeah. can't. Yeah. It's, I'm better at talking into the air where there's nothing. Yep. No pictures. I like to look out my window when I'm doing... Like, yeah. sometimes I have to thinking about what I'm doing and I can't... I think I get too, like... I don't know. Like, I almost trick myself into forgetting this is being recorded. You know, like, I'm right. not just chatting with somebody and I need to keep my head in the game. <laughs> Yep. For everyone's benefit. Well, we don't need to see you and we don't want you to see us right now. So it's all good. <laughs> We're so thankful that you um, have agreed to do this with us because... Of course. I'm we, so glad you asked. We are huge Shannon Martin fans. Yep. You, we feel like you're one of our people. Mm-hmm. And um, we are just thankful for the words that you speak out loud and write down because it's like it's it's bomb for our very broken world, you know, and our mm. souls. It's just good. It's a good reminder. So thank you. Thank you. Okay. You have a new book that's coming out and I'm so excited about it. Shannon, I loved being on your launch team. It has been so much fun. Oh, good. Thank and, you for being on it. Oh, that means so much. Yes. I will wave your flag any day. So um, <laughs> I love it. Can you just tell our listeners a little bit about what this book is about? Yes. I'd love to. The Ministry of Ordinary Places for me, it it kind of serves a couple of purposes and it kind of came from a couple of different places in my own life, which is where, you know, all of my writing comes right out of my everyday life. Um, For one thing, my first book, Falling Free, talked a lot about my family moving from the country 
into the city, you know, into our little neighborhood that we love. We've been here yeah. for six years now. Wow. And it's just, I know, I can't, it, this is the longest Corey and I have ever lived anywhere together. Wow. So it's a really big That's deal. Awesome. Just Yeah, we're just so, you know, anybody that follows me anywhere knows that my neighborhood is just everything to me and my neighbors have just changed my life so profoundly. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was that that little part that, you know, once we settled in, once the excitement wore down a little bit, once the nerve settled down a little bit, you know, once it really became our new normal in a lot of ways, I found myself just kind of, you know, asking the question, okay, now what? Like, okay, we're here and now this feels really good, but I mean, what what am I supposed to be doing here? Mm. Um, And we knew that when we moved to the neighborhood, we weren't really supposed to do anything. I mean, we knew we weren't coming with, you know, we weren't coming to start a church or a Bible study or a food bank. And all of those Mm. are good things. We just knew that that's not what we were doing. Um, But I still found myself always with this itch to like, well, I got to be doing something. You know, I Mm. I need to sort of drum (laughs) up business or surely we didn't just come here to live and be neighbors, which is which is exactly what we came here to do. It couldn't do. be that simple, right? Right. And so, you know, all along the way of just kind of wrestling through that question, like, okay, what what does it look like to really live as a neighbor? What does that mean? And so this book kind of dives into that question of what does it mean? What does it really look like to, to live as a neighbor? Then the other part of it was, and these two things kind of go hand in hand, you know, in recent, probably for a long time, but especially in, in the past couple of years, I just started to feel this profound sense of like, everything is so messed up in the world. Mm. You know, like everything just feels, the problems feel so big. And yeah. I think mm. I think they've always been so big, but now we're just confronted with them constantly sure. because of technology and social media and, you know, all these things. Like we really, it's hard to escape it. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, things felt more complicated and it was easy for me to feel just overwhelmed. Like, you know, these problems are so big and I'm just me. I'm this Mm. very, I'm one woman. I'm an ordinary person living in a very humble neighborhood. There's nothing I can do about this. And so, you know, at that point, it's easy to go into um, a place of retreat. Like, well, I guess I'm out. Like, I guess I'm just going to, pretend none of this is happening and just mind my own business. What I started to to discover in all those times that I would feel the most anxious or the most frustrated, the answer for me was always to bring that um, that emotion down to street level. So whatever I was seeing that was making me feel overwhelmed, you know, the solution for me became what if I just really focused on my neighborhood and really paid attention to it, really looked around at the people around me mm. and all of those problems that were swirling through the air, I I tended to find some representation of them like around me. Mm. And at that point, all of a sudden, it's not like this problem is so big and I'm so small. It's not really even about solving a problem at all. It's just about, you know, loving the people who are right here with me, being near to them, um, living my life my very ordinary life next to theirs. And that's where, you know, things started to make a little more sense. And I found a little more kind of meaning, you know, with this whole why, you know, this existential question that we all have, like, why are we here? What are we supposed to be doing? Hmm. Loving the people directly within 
reach of me always became the solution. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. That's so <laughs> profound though. It's funny. It's not, it's not profound because it's age right. old, but for yeah. us, we want to be doing these grand giant things. And yet right. God's asking us to love the people, mm-hmm. you know, right beside us, shoulder yeah. to shoulder. And it's, yeah. And that is profound, you know, just being, right. being Jesus to them, just loving them and showing mm-hmm. up. It's, it's profound because it works for everybody. Right. I mean, I think that's the thing that's like, that is profound because every single one of us, I mean, I know, I know that I live in, you know, I live in a low income, very diverse neighborhood, um, but I know a lot of people who don't. Right. And so no matter what context we live in, whether we're in the country or in the suburbs or in a huge city, you know, I'm just in this little neighborhood experience. I mean, there are people living a thousand different ways and no matter where you're living, this works. You know, who's around me? These are my people. I'm not Mm -hmm. here to solve their problems. I'm not here to fix them. Mm -hmm. Just here to to belong to them and for them to belong to me. All of us get to do that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Right. And you know, it's such a picture too, Shannon, of what Jesus did all over in the gospels. You know, like he, he got low he looked people in the eye and he wasn't so concerned about fixing every problem but he was pointing to the the answer which was himself you know it's yeah it's that's that's exactly it i mean there's a there's a bible verse and i forget where it is i didn't plan to share this today so it's in one of the m's it's in it's Ah. in matthew mark i don't know but it's you know it's it's telling a bigger story. Mm-hmm. This isn't the point of the story that's being told, but it starts off by saying, "This is the Shannon paraphrase." <laughs> it starts off by saying, "Meanwhile, Jesus was in the home of a leper," and then it and then it blah 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 blah. You know, it goes into this this completely different sort of unrelated story. And Corey, my husband, is the one that pointed this out to me. It's, it just kind of. You know, it's kind of inconsequential. This little detail is dropped in. And what it tells us is Jesus was just hanging out with a leper in his free time. You know what I mean? Like, this is just what, this is just how he lived. And how that would have been so scandalous. Yes. Like, no one hung out with lepers. Right. Oh, no. No. I mean, it would have been unsafe. It would have been, it would have been foolish. Mm. It, and you're mm. right. I mean, this is the life that Jesus lived. And yeah. he lived the life because he knew that this was the abundant life. That's he knew right. that this was the good life. Amen. I love when you said, like, he got low. Like, that's yeah. just, he did. Like, that needs to, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a great way to phrase that. I love yeah. it. And it's so true. I've been, like, reading, like, crazy uh, over and over the story of the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. And that's why I see him getting low. It's just, like, Jesus yeah. sitting on that well. And I just think like when I hear you talk about neighbors and talking to people and like looking in their eyes and, you know, you're not fixing them, you're trying to do community. But um, it seems impossible to us because relationships and people are complicated, you know? Right. Um, And it's hard to change what we've been doing, like the way, you know, like where I'm hiding out in my big yard uh, and not crossing the fence to the lady on the other side. Um. But like Jesus, he always spoke through those situations. Like no matter the complicatedness, he just spoke an easy, gentle word of truth and it changed everything. And like, we have the power to do that, you know? Yeah. But how do you get there, Shannon? How do we, you know, like it's so hard to get over that fence and I I don't know how I want to do it, but it's hard. It is hard. I mean, and that's the, I think it's okay. And it's probably really right and good. 
to acknowledge that this is just hard work. It's hard work and it's slow work. Hmm. And it invites us into tension and pain a lot of times. These are all things that we hate. I mean, I know I do. I don't like hard things. I don't like slow work. I don't like other people's, you know, walking into other people's tension. We've just been, we've been conditioned with the mindset of like, well, that's not my problem. Mm-hmm. And, and then we make a wide detour yeah. around it. And we try to keep our life as simple and safe and uncomplicated and peaceful as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but that does, it just doesn't really serve us well. That's not the mm. abundant life. That's mm, the safe no. life. Yeah. yeah. And the safe life is not abundance. Abundance tells us we mm. get everything. Yeah. <laughs> we get the good stuff. We get the bad stuff. We get the hard stuff. We get to suffer together. We get yeah. to celebrate together. Mm. And we can't get to that abundant life when we're when we're stuck in our backyard. You know what I mean? So it's right. you know, building community, mm. building anything implies that it's going to cost us. It's going to be taxing. It's going to make us sweaty and tired. I mean, practically speaking, because I think, you know, I, I always I always share this because it's true. My family, you know, the five of us that are still living under my roof, four of us are introverts, including mm. both of the parents. Silas yeah. is our only extrovert. <laughs> and it does help to have to have one. But the rest of us are just constantly being pushed and stretched and yeah. you know this is it requires some intention for us and it means that we're not off the hook right you know like oh i'm an introvert i'm a homebody i mean yes those things are true and and you know there are plenty of days and nights that you know we're just in our yard we're just in our house you know yeah. we're not just you know constantly just you know with the people around us but but for us it means that we have intentionally learned and are learning to keep our door easy on its hinges, you know, to be quick, to find reasons to invite people into our home. Mm -hmm. Um, We came up with kind of a, you know, on the fly, we just sort of came to a place of this kind of rule for for our family that we just will not invite anybody to our church. It's right here in our our neighborhood. It's just right, you know, a couple Mm -hmm. blocks away. We won't invite anybody to our Bible study that we have at the church on Mondays. We won't do any of that unless we've invited them into our home first. Wow. So good idea. So, well, then you're building that relationship, right? Right. Because, I mean, we just, we know now and we're learning yeah. all the time. Like this is, building community is discipleship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spending our life with each other you know, giving and receiving from our neighbors, like this is the way, this is the weird way of Jesus. This is, and so it's, it it has to be about more than, um, you know, you meet somebody in your neighborhood, you invite them to church, they probably say no, um, chances are, and then you just keep on going. And it's like, well, you know, I tried. I mean, I think we're getting it backwards a lot of times. So we Mm -hmm. just, we spend a lot of time you know, we spend a lot of time in our backyard with our neighbors. We take walks in our neighborhood, just trying to, um, you know, make eye contact, start slow, make yeah. conversation. A lot of my neighbors don't speak English. And so that's another layer to the story. Um, oh, and it's so cool. just, it's just mm-hmm. slow, slow, slow. Uh-huh. I mean, we know, we know so many of our neighbors, but there are so many more that we don't know. Yeah, And there are so many that, you know, not until our 
fifth year in, did we really come to any meaningful place of relationship with them? And so we've just kind of, we've kind of surrendered to like, this is just going to take a lot of time. And, and that's why we just hope that we're here for a long time. I love that. I think you're genuinely doing it. You're genuinely making relationships, not just, you know, like we don't just want to ask people to go to church to whatever, get a number or, right. you know, it's about, about their soul. It's the real person, like yeah. get to know them. That's yeah. where the, yeah, real, the real good stuff is. I love yeah. Them. I mean, we, we do want to get to know them because when we got here, we were very lonely. We didn't know anybody. I mean, this mm-hmm. is this is just as much about us yeah. as it is our neighbor. Right. Um, so it's not it's not about this idea of well, we want to you know we have this hidden agenda. I mean, we just came here and <laughs> realized like oh, we don't know anybody and we're pretty lonely. Mm-hmm. We've got these crazy kids and life is is full. And wouldn't it just be better? Wouldn't it just be better if we got to live into the future with the people around us? They're probably mm-hmm. pretty cool people. Mm-hmm. And they totally are. So one of the like really practical things that I that I offer as an idea for people who are wanting to kind of cross that fence, like you say, mm-hmm. is find a reason to need something from your neighbor that you're trying to get to know. Oh, I um, need that every night. Like, I, there's so many things I'm missing in my kitchen. There you go. <laughs> I, but I'm or, such a baby. I don't want to go over the fence. I need to go over the fence and be like, can I have a cup of orange juice? <laughs> yes, because, and here's why. At some point, then your neighbor, and this might take a very long time, and that's okay. But at some point, your neighbor is then going to need something, and they're going to they're gonna think, oh, I know who I can ask, because they ask first. Yeah, that begins to build. We've seen it happen a hundred times. We kind of sometimes sort of manufacture things that we need. I mean, not completely, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, there are some things that it's like, well, I don't live that far from Kroger. I could go and get what I need. Or, you know, sometimes Corey needs the help. You know, he needs to borrow a tool mm-hmm, or he needs sure. somebody to help him carry something heavy. And And our go-to would always be like, well, he could call his dad or... Right. You know, just the the easy option. Yep. Mm-hmm. But but you know, you take that extra step and you you ask a person across the street or you know up the street or right next door to you, and and relationships really do build from there. Right. I love it. You say that in in the book. You say that like how small moments stack up over time mm. and become yeah. much bigger than ourselves. And I, yeah. you know, like that's what you're teaching your kids too, which I love that. So that ripple effect. You, yeah, they'll they'll know to just do that and love people and you know mm. not make it all about them, right? Mm. And kids make it easy. I mean, kids, our kids, so often have led the way for us mm. because they came here not knowing anybody either. Our next door neighbor, the house just beside us, um, they are a Latino family. The parents don't speak a lot of English. The kids, you know, at the time were tiny. Some of them. So the real tiny kids, they didn't speak any English, but our kids were just like, and their kids, like all the kids were just like, okay, well, let's just play, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, and, and they would start to pick up on English a little bit for my kids. My kids have picked up on a little bit of Spanish from their kids. And it was just completely, um, they just didn't give it any thought. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I am like twisting myself into knots <laughs> over the fact that I don't speak Spanish. What am I going to do? How are we ever right. going to talk, yeah. communicate? I took a Spanish class, which is fine, but it didn't help me that much. I mean, I took Spanish in high school. I know 
I can cobble something together, but it's so vulnerable to do that. Yeah. Oh man. And that's when, you know, that's when you realize like, think of how they feel, you know, trying to cobble together their little bit of English yeah. to speak to you. So what if we just, what if we just try? What if all of us just try mm-hmm. and don't make it so much about, you know, and laugh at yourself. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. We think it has to be some kind of formal class that gets us or like polished or some some kind of um, event that needs to get us in touch with our neighbors or people in community sharing love in the gospel. Um, But it's so easy. You know what you guys are talking about with kids? This is so funny because I've been thinking about this because my kids say to me all the time, why do we have to live out in the country? Why can't we be in a neighborhood? And like (laughs) my kids are dying for community and it's like their dream is to be in the thick of it with people yeah. all around. And like as adults, we think it's the, the giant yard where we can hide and build our fences. Right. Like we, uh, we, that's our escape and our kids are like smart enough to know that the good stuff is where the people are. Mm, oh yeah. man, I wish I yes. could be a kid. I know. Well, you're called to be one, you know. <laughs> I know. There's so much. Oh, I love it. So you share some like great stories um, of just practical, you know, in your book and about your neighbor, Michelle. And yeah. um, then I love the part you talked about the work release on Sundays. Can you share that with our listeners? Yeah. So there's a work release facility right in our neighborhood. And work release, for anybody who doesn't know, it's kind of like jail. Only they let you leave to go to work. And then after a while, they let you leave to go to church on Sundays. Um, so when we got to our neighborhood, we knew that we wanted to attend church somewhere here in our city. There's a church right at the end of our street. And for some reason, I don't—I really don't remember quite why, but we just, we never assumed that that's where we were going to land. And I don't know. I mean, it, it's a Methodist church and beyond just, you know, we had never been to a We'd never been Methodist. I, I think that's all. It was. It's just like, well, we're not Methodist, so I guess we won't go there. I don't know why. I don't know. Uh, but we did end up visiting in. You know, we thought we'd pop in, visit because it's two blocks away from us. And we got there. Um, it was a, you know, there were maybe 30 people. Most of them were upwards of 75 years old. There were no kids. There was no programming. I mean, it was just bare bones. You know, they're just literally trying to survive and really the Holy Spirit just immediately captured us there. And we just knew this was our church. We knew that that's where we were going to, um, you know, put our roots down. And we've been there ever since. But it's been kind of a bumpy ride because, mm-hmm. you know, there have been times there's been transition with pastors. There have been, you know, the typical um, church issues where the congregation fractures apart even more. And, you know, all of this drama um, good times and bad times. And for a while, there was a big question as to whether or not the denomination wasn't just going to like close our doors. I mean, they're mm. just, it, we were just mm. at the brink of death. Mm. And around that time, we started to come back to life because people from Workerly started to show up. And the one mm. thing, I mean, I shouldn't say the one thing, one of the things, one of the many <laughs> things that, that my church is very, very good at mm. is just welcoming people. I mean, that's why we stayed because we showed up that first Sunday. I mean, we've never felt more famous. We've Mm. never felt more loved. They were just thrilled to see people there. And so we Mm. got swarmed, which isn't something that I would have thought that I would like, but I liked it. I mean, they just, they instantly loved us for who we are. They welcomed us in and that's what they do for everyone. So, you know, these mostly men, but 
also women, started showing up from work release and were just getting mobbed by these older people who just instantly mm. welcomed them and loved them. And then the the guys and the women at work release started telling their friends about it. I mean, and we just have grown and grown and grown because of these these mm. beautiful people who are struggling deeply in a lot mm. of ways. Um, you know, they're they are technically incarcerated and they have found a place of real welcome mm. in the church. And that's not something I mean, you know, at this point, if I'm totally honest, part of it is the fact that Corey, my husband, is the chaplain at the jail. So yeah. some of them kind of know him, but not all of them. You know, mm-hmm. so I think some of them kind of wander over and then they see a familiar face and, sure. you know, that kind of thing happens. But it's much bigger than yeah. us. But it's really just this body of believers who know what it know what it means to love their neighbor. Mm. And 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 they know what it looks like to to let people know that they belong. I mean, I think that's what we're all looking for Absolutely. is a place to belong, a place mm-hmm. where we can show up in the same clothes that we wear to our factory job. We can show up with our face tattoos. Yeah. We can show up and smoke outside the door right yep. for church, suck down that last cigarette. There's a lot of that happening that's great. at our church. And and then you you walk through the door and during greeting time, I mean, everybody gets hugged and we see their babies, you know, some of them bring their families mm. now. It's just so Aww. beautiful to me. It's so good. I love it. But the thing I loved about it too is that you being introverted, okay, and this is like your day of rest. You know, a lot yeah. of us like to have our Sunday afternoon naps or, you know, just, you know, Who doesn't? relax, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But then then like you and your family, you took it another step further. Yeah. 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 We started to realize that, and this kind of moves in seasons, but when we first kind of came to this, you know, okay, this is a, this is a new situation, you know, having all these people here, we loved it immediately, but we started to learn from them because people will let us know what they need, right? We don't have to assume, we don't have to guess, we shouldn't, because we're probably going to be wrong. But one of the things that we started to see was a lot of these people, they were getting, you know, it works in phases at work early. So at first you just get to go to church and then you have to go right back. But over time, the longer you're there, you start to get passes. And so people had, this is their one chance for the whole week where they had free time. They could go to church and then they had two hours or an hour afterwards, but they had nowhere to go. Right. So a lot of them, they don't have money. They don't drive. So the idea of like driving to a restaurant to pay for lunch and eat, mm-hmm. like that wasn't going to be a good option for a lot of them. Um, they don't they don't have family in the area or maybe the family and friends that they have in the area are just not safe people for them to be spending time with right now right. while they're trying to rebuild their lives right. and, you know, fight for sobriety and all of these kinds of things. So we just started putting out an open invitation. If you need somewhere to come for lunch, come to our house. We live right up the street so people can just walk after church and people took us up on it. That's awesome. So we would have now and then people would bring their bag of laundry and say, can oh. I just throw this in while we're eating lunch? You know, they would use our Wi-Fi oh. and do visits with some of their loved ones who were still in jail. Oh. So a lot of that was happening. You know, people were That's helping so... to make lunch. People were making the coffee. Mm. And then we would just sit at my table and we would talk. And, you know, there were a lot of cigarette breaks. We yeah. started keeping a can on our front yeah, porch. I love it. 
and and then you know i mean it it was you know everybody had to be back where they had to be within a couple of hours it wasn't a real long drawn out thing but man it just i mean like you said I, you know it's something that i wouldn't have thought that i would have loved so much because it is it's our sunday yeah. you know this sacred day that it's like this is just for family we've mm-hmm. just really learned to draw a really wide circle around yes. who we consider our family that's right so when people come to Sunday lunch, not all the time, but a lot of time, we'll take a family picture. And it's kind of like if you're here mm-hmm. in our house, you're in the family picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's the best thing ever. I mean, the fact that I get to live my life with these vulnerable, good hearted, smart, and funny people, yeah. it's just more than I could have ever, ever asked for. That's so beautiful. Seriously. You know, and just, like so, so many times I think when we're we're church hunting or wanting to find a new place, we look for places that can serve us. But like you want, right. but suddenly you can settle in somewhere where there there aren't any programs. But if you're loving people, God does something over time. Like that's so yeah. And these people, like all of the people around us, hello, made by God, like right for a purpose like he right. made all of them the all of the images he made us right no different right. and like oh man just i love it loving people it. right where they are mm-hmm. i love it and being loved by them yep and, okay right, so right how that's hard okay like i yeah. mm-hmm. i love that you went there in your book like it's mm-hmm. hard to be loved by people that you feel like you can serve and right. to like allow that like how proud are am i you know to <laughs> right. be like right. if i have something to offer yes yeah and I yeah. have been humbled more times than not to just allow people to love me. And that's really hard. Right. I know. We have to practice. That's where, you know, our many of our neighbors and, you know, in particular, our, our neighbors and our friends who are coming out of incarceration or, you know, they've lived a lifetime in generational poverty or struggling with addiction or, you know, whatever really hard circumstance they come from. We just have so much to learn from them about... Mm-hmm. just just pulling off the mask they're just so good at it i mean yeah. they they just they don't have this this idea of like well now i have to be you know totally fake or now right. i have to pretend like my life is perfect i mean they just know that it's not perfect right there's no hiding that they don't and have so time that, for that <laughs> right they don't have time for it and and quite honestly you know they're they're more they're more proud of what they've survived mm. than they are like, oh, ashamed of sure. some of the mistakes they've made. Mm. Um, and that invites us to do the same. And I yeah. will be forever grateful that they awesome. are teaching me. They are teaching me how to lead with some really necessary humility. Oh, I think our whole culture needs a big old dose of that. Like, let's yeah. just... Because, you know, that's the problem with a lot of our are in our affluent areas that we don't need God. We can do it all on right. our own. We can do it. And, right. You know, we don't, we don't need to sacrifice our time to love people. Yeah. We don't need to because, you know, our comfort is our idol and we're right. not going to sacrifice anything of our own comfort or time or precious resources yeah. because they're mine. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's this, right. and it just makes me crazy when you realize like a spirit of generosity with your time and, and sacrifice. There's always a sacrifice when God asks you to do something and it's going to be beautiful if you just allow yeah. it to happen. That's why we want people to read your book because yes. you have 
you have a very gentle and straightforward way of saying these hard yeah. things and making it real, like the ministry of ordinary places or the ministry of paying attention. Like, yes. yeah, I love that, I by know. the way. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Seriously. Yeah. That's where it starts. I mean, you know, it starts with with just literally looking around and, and trying to have eyes to see the image of God in the people around us. Hmm. And you know, to see his, even just, his, it sounds a little woo-woo and I've never been kind of that like hippie woman who's <laughs> like, I see God in creation. Uh, I but think I'll it, tell you something, I, <laughs> the more I, the more I think about it and, and walk through the neighborhood and stare at the sky and look at the moon. And I mean, this world is just, it changes every day. It belongs to all of us. I'm very interested in things that belong to everyone mm-hmm. now. Um, because I think we, it, we're so quick to to decide who deserves what, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Or who has access to what. Mm-hmm. And we tend to believe that we have access and, you know, things belong to us, but then there are other people left out of that. So what does it look like to, um, to just really sit in wonder of the things that belong to everybody? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it sounds kind of crazy, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you, start thinking about it. Start thinking about the hard stuff going on in the world and then look up at the sky and realize, yeah. you know, this is this right here. This is a picture of creation. This is a reflection of God, and this belongs to everybody. Mm. It's a common grace, and that's like yes. such a yeah. beautiful gift that God's given us. I, I have to share this with you, Shannon, because I think you'll get it. I have this um, younger girl that she's younger than me, but she's all grown up now. Like I've mentored her since she was young, and anyway, she knows that I'm like obsessed with this whole idea of creation and nature and like seeing God in it. And she was telling me about uh, in Revelation where, you know, there's that the creature with the four faces that's saying holy, holy, holy constantly um, is the Lord God Almighty. You know that story? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there's this being, right, that's constantly praising God. And then at, when they're talking about this in the scripture, it says that, um, you know, as, like as they was, as he was saying holy, 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 it was because they were, and then they were praising um, the God who created the world and that. Uh, like in that whole portion of scripture. But yeah. the cool thing was, is that these beings have eyes all over and eyes inside. So as they're praising God uh, and for his creation, the, all they do is see. They see everything all around that. and they have eyes yes. inside their body so they can see everything inside. They're all eyeballs because all they do is look at what God has created. And in that yeah. portion of scripture, like look that and up. Worship. And it, Drives it drives to us to worship, but it's it's like yes. the thing that the, they're doing in heaven is praising for creation, Amen. and the beings doing the praising have all the eyeballs, and all they're doing is seeing. Isn't that I just... I love it. I, know. I love it. I love it. I know. And that's me being taught by somebody that I was mentoring. Like, And this is exactly. something that, like, I, that drives me every day. You know, we got to listen to the people that we think we have a message for because they have yeah. the bigger message for us. Yep. Anyway. Absolutely. Man, eyeballs. Ah, thank you for telling me that. I love yeah, it. Eyeballs. Yeah. I wish I could eyeballs. remember. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my uh, next, I think I just found my next book title. <laughs> yes. Eyeballs everywhere. I, I will read it. <laughs> I will read it. <laughs> uh, good. Hey, I wanted to ask you one other thing to share. Um, so you, this house, like you have a friend or someone, you, you talk about this on um, Instagram of a yeah. friend that you're like helping to find a home and then furnish the home. And then you have people like sending you stuff to yeah. tell us all about this story. I, there's so many people yeah. that I think will be blown off their rockers because this well, is so cool. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I could talk about this stuff for hours. We, 
I mean, we noticed pretty quickly, and in part because of our son, Robert, who himself, he's at work release right now. He's been in and out of incarceration, um, and he's awesome. He's a whole different story. I talk I about it. him a lot in my writing. <laughs> I was, see, that, that's in like mm-hmm. my next question. It's like, how are your kids? How's Robert? So <laughs> Yeah, yeah we, we can circle back to that. But we learned through him and through you know so many of our friends that finding clean, stable, affordable housing, hmm. especially if you have had a felony conviction, is really, really hard. Oh, yeah. So once you once you return and you kind of integrate out of you know back into just everyday living after prison or jail or whatever, it's just a huge barrier. It's a huge hurdle for people. And so a year ago. You know, this is very much on Corey and I's mind. And a little house came up for sale in our neighborhood. And, you know, I noticed it when I was out on a walk. I had never given this house a second thought before. Because you're paying um, attention. <laughs> because I, And that's exactly right. I mean, that's where I'm like, this This is why it matters. I mean, yeah. I I saw the house. I told Corey about it. I like bossed him around about it. And <laughs> the, jail, the jail ministry that, you know, where he works as the chaplain of the jail the the ministry ended up buying that house and setting it up as sort of like a transitional home mm. for somebody who's coming out of incarceration, but they need, you know, it's set up for somebody to be there for about a year or a year and a half just to kind of get their their footing, um, find some stability, and then, you know, be able to go into some stability on their own. Yeah. Um, and so we did that a year ago. The people living in that house, they're some of our closest friends. And they nobody really saw this coming, but they are actually going to be buying that house from the jail ministry now because they're so stable now and doing so well. That, and they just love it. It's their home now. They've never had a home before. And oh, awesome. It's so beautiful. But along the way, so I was like, okay, you know, so we're gonna need to buy another house. And <laughs> back in back in July. Corey and I ran out to like a little, I don't know, we were just, we had time together and we ran out, we ended up at Taco Bell, praise the Lord for Taco Bell. (laughs) Yep. But I, for some reason, I remember I did an Instagram post that day because there's this other couple, um, good friends of ours, very similar stories. And excuse me, they were in just a really less than ideal housing situation. And, and as unideal as it was, they were about to lose it. Like that particular, they were in a rental and the landlord wanted to sell the place and they, they were not in a position to buy it. And so they were, you know, she was about to have a baby. I mean, it was just, I was, I was just worried sick about them and like racking Mm -hmm. my brain. And so I did this like emotional Instagram post about it. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. because I just think I never knew that this was a problem until I faced it. And so now that I know, I want other people to know. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. part of my ministry. Amen, girl. (laughs) Um, But, you know, anyway, short story long, (laughs) I was out again in my neighborhood and saw another house for sale and called Corey. We went along with some of the board the board members of the jail ministry, we went and looked at it and made an offer that day. Um, And within a week did the inspection within the next week, this family was moved into the second jail ministry house, but it's an empty house. I mean, there's nothing in it and they have nothing. Mm -hmm. So we put together an Amazon list, just like we had for the first house. Um, And basically like the list was long because it's like anything you have in a house, like this house needs it. 
and I posted it on social media and online and and people just rallied immediately. Oh, I love it. It gives me goosebumps. Bought all the stuff. I mean, and I, so I'm spending that next morning just like look, wandering around my own house. Like, what do houses have? What can I ask? <laughs> right. Because there was that part of yeah. me that was like, people are mobilized for this. Oh, for sure. And and I don't want people coming to this list and feeling like, oh, well, it's over and everything's gone because I knew we needed more stuff for the place. I mean, sure. I wanted people to to be able to be a part of it. You know, I think we mm, all want to be a part of absolutely. something bigger. And my hope is every person that sent, you know, some people sent a set of bunk beds. Oh. Some people sent a bottle of dish soap. That's I mean, awesome. it was all it over varies. Mm, it varies, it. but I hope every one of those people now have a new set of eyes to yeah. see the people in their community coming out of incarceration or, you know, coming from a hard situation. I hope that they will be um, compelled towards them. Mm-hmm. I hope they will, you know, they've gotten a taste of it through strangers mm-hmm. in my neighborhood. Now I really hope they go and build some of those relationships in their own neighborhoods. Yeah, there's such a need. Amen for yeah. all that, Shannon. Yeah. I I was just talking to a friend of mine last night. She's she's out of prison and like trying to again, like you know, they give you so much time. Some of these programs, like you have to get an apartment by this date, and they help you get right. an apartment, and then it's like disgusting and scary and dirty. Oh, yeah. And then they can't live there, so they have to move. But then they're just out of prison, and they really don't have any family that is coming alongside, so they have no one to help them move. And then yep. it's so many things. Like, people don't realize how much help it's some so of these hard. that people really need. And then, so they're, you know, it's just, it but hurts. Meanwhile, meanwhile, they're being judged by everyone. Right. You know, yes. sitting there looking at them like, oh, they can't even get their life together. Right. Right. They're not, you know what I mean? Like, and I know this because I know I used to do it on some level. Sure. I know I used to stand in judgment of people who were living lives that I couldn't even comprehend. And when we stand and look at something from a safe distance, it's easy to formulate these, like, you know, to to minimize the problem or to think the solutions are so simple and they just must not care. When we get up close, (laughs) really, as we get closer and closer to something, that's when the details emerge. That's when we realize, you know, the problem suddenly looks much bigger because Mm -hmm. we're standing right in front of it. Right. And, and we start to see the details in it that make it so much more complicated. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's why it just matters to be proximate with people who are, are living hard lives and from mm-hmm. hard places. Right. It and just, it, it matters. I, I know. And I see, I see myself in, in, you know, people, even people in our church, like wanting to do good and help. But sometimes like the, when you're trying to help someone that comes from a broken past, they still can't make good decisions. Like they might not be good spenders of their money. They might, yeah. they might buy, um, you know, pizza and movies and things when they need to be paying their house payment and they don't like, yeah. It's hard to come alongside those people and not try and only love them if they make the good decisions. You need to right. like the my job I have to keep telling myself is to not fix them but to point them to Jesus. Right. So it's hard to right. keep doing the life when you see them make bad decisions, but like Jesus, you know, I can't Hello, do, right here. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus I, is still loving me and I'm right. Making... I you know, it's so easy yeah. when you come from a background that hasn't been so broken that the those kind of decisions might come easy to me, but um, right. they don't to them. They're living in a, uh, like a pattern, you know? Right. Well, and we see all the time, especially like probably initially through Robert's life, but now through the lives of a lot of different people, 
we so often like that thing that we're like, well, that's a terrible, stupid decision. Right. <laughs> that mirror kind of flips on ourselves and yeah. we start to really be aware of our own mm-hmm. um, stupid decisions yeah. that we're, we're making. So I don't always make the right financial decisions. And I, I'm really aware of that now. Me too. Because where, where I would, you know, have the impulse to kind of stand in judgment of that. Yeah. Now I'm just like, you know, it's like that. That, that painful Holy Spirit work that's like, so Shannon, mm-hmm. I see what you're buying right now. And I know you have this medical bill over here that needs to be paid. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, this stuff, it, it tends to work itself out and yeah. it probably does for our neighbors too. I mean, so we're just always realizing that we're not so different. You know, the stakes might be a little bit different for them. Um, right. But I am just, I am painfully aware now mm-hmm. of when I'm spending my money. Like when Corey and I are like, well, it's the end of the month and we basically, we're going to have to, you know, pull money out of savings to yeah. cover our butts for this month. But let's just go out to, to lunch anyway. I mean, we do that kind of stuff all the <laughs> yeah. time because, and we have that safety net. We've got that savings account, right. but we're not, we're not spending our money well. We're not necessarily stewarding it super well. And and so now we're aware of like, oh, this is what, this is how so many of our people, you know, our friends live. It's like, you know, we have all these medical bills. We're never going to be able to, you know, solve that today, but we can, we'll probably be fine if we spend 30 bucks taking our family out to lunch. So mm-hmm. we might as well just go and do something that is fun and we'll figure out the medical bill later. I mean, right. that's, that's how we live sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's really not so different. Right. Um, so just, just always kind of reevaluating, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe with Robert in particular, like we found ourselves asking the question often, like, wait, why do we always assume that our way is the right way? Right. Why do we always assume that our way is the best way? Mm-hmm. It's a different way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just, we learn so much about generosity from people who are poor. There's such a sense of community. There's such a sense of, I mean, all of the people in my life who smoke, I am just blown away. I've like done Twitter rants about this before. There's like this, I assume none of you, neither of you are cigarette smokers. I don't know. Uh, No, (laughs) but my family Uh, is. So so is mine. Yes. Well, we, I, I didn't know that there's this whole like underground code of like, you just walk up to a stranger and ask them for a cigarette. (laughs) <laughs> and they will say yes. Like yes. this is right. the way that it goes. There's no, I've seen it a thousand times yeah. now. Mm-hmm. There's this unspoken code that happens. And I think, well, whatever about smoking, that's not the point right now. The point is like, that's a really pretty powerful picture of community. <laughs> it of, sure of is. Generosity. Well, generosity. And like, when you know they cost money and these guys don't have money, right. like a lot of the times it's like... Can you scrounge up to buy their pack of smokes? And so, but they're like so willing to give it away, you know? Yep. Yeah. It'd be like doing that with a piece of gum. Can you imagine just if you see someone popping some gum on the street? Can I have a piece of that gum? What? (laughs) But smokers know how to love. (laughs) Right. Oh, hey, smoking for me, it takes me like I was just sitting with my mom yesterday and she was, you know, she grabs a can and uses it as an ashtray on our porch too. But yeah. um, like it brings me back so many memories of growing up like cigarettes. It's horrible. And my mom, you know, she, sometimes she gets like judgment and looks from people from oh, at, like, sure. like if she goes out in Chicago to a restaurant, and she's got to go outside and smoke. Like, 
you know, of course, but like ugh, she gets scowled at and like my mom is so precious and kind and like yeah. she smokes yeah. big deal. <laughs> I know. Get over it. <laughs> I know. I, I told, I could not agree more. And I, I think it is, it's like one of the last like overtly acceptable ways of, of condemning people and, ugh, you know, yeah. judging people and marginalizing people. I mean, it, that happens across the board. Right. Mm-hmm. But but at least a lot of times when we are um, treating people poorly, we try to at least hide the fact that, you know, we're judging somebody based on the color of their skin or, you know, what mm-hmm. their socioeconomic status. Like we might have, and, and many of us do have um, these judgments, but we're not, most of us are not going to be really loud about it. Man, with smoking, all bets are off. But, like yes. pe- I just I cringe now because I hear people like oh that that is just the most disgusting habit and they'll say it they'll say it to oh, people yeah. oh, for I know sure. um, I know and I, yeah that's so I feel really protective I'm like you know what if you have survived a meth addiction have your cigarettes <laughs> right I yes. mean come on like yep. and that's that's what we're seeing like or if you've just you know whatever the case may be I mean I'm not I'm certainly not implying. That meth and cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> That's just an example that I see in in our friends' lives. And um, I see that in my family's life. Yeah. So yes, meth and oh. cigarettes. <laughs> right. They've just they've they've survived such more difficult um, hurdles. Like yeah, like you said. Yeah. Right. Whatever. Well, let's take the log out of our own eye before we right. try and to take us what back if, out of our... What if they just like smoking? I mean, I like watching like love movies that I probably shouldn't be watching. You know what I mean? Like, get over it. Like, I could, I have, I'm addicted to like, you know, just... Chocolate? Yeah. So many stupid <laughs> like, things. the truth. Like, these same people that are scaling at whoever outside of a restaurant, but they're eating their 15th, you know, right. whatever it is. I don't know. So Knock we we like to say we don't right. judge, and actually we all do. You know. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. We need to get over ourselves, yeah. man. I just have to say I love that we just spent like ten minutes talking about smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I didn't see that coming, and I love it. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, okay. You know what I didn't see coming, and I love is the fact that on the book cover, which we talked about when the last time you were on the podcast, yeah. was your mug rack in the design portion because oh, we were yeah, like we, we love your mug rack it. and it's your cover it's the cover those are my mugs I, those are my little goodwill mugs girl i squealed when i opened it in the mail and i saw did it. too it this was, wasn't my idea oh i i give the design team at thomas nelson like i just give them mad props because i think i mean when they sent that to me it was not my idea i it never would have crossed mm. my mind to put that mug rack on the cover. It's so good. And even when I saw it, I was like, I loved it immediately. But I was also like, does this make sense? Like, it what? totally does. Grab Do a mug get in it? your Goodwill. I love it. It's so ordinary really and beautiful. It. I, and it's it, so I'm you. Thrilled. And it's so you. Seriously, I just was so excited because it couldn't be more perfect. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. I love it too so much. But how do you and, how do you come by these mugs? It's what makes me mad. You get the curtains. We you get the start mugs. Shopping at her Goodwill. My Goodwill. They well, are listen, not there. It's not about my Goodwill. I go to <laughs> the two Goodwills in Goshen. I go to them and the Depot in Goshen. Yeah. I get you know I pop in somewhat regularly, like once a month or so. I'll stop by. Most of the time, I find nothing. But you have to remember, like, I've been scouring. I've been on right. the hunt. I started really 
intentionally looking for these mugs for this mug rack, you know, when, when we moved in and I realized I could hang this weird rack on my wall and hang mugs from it. Then all of a sudden I was like, well, now I need cute mugs for it, but I don't have any money. So I guess I'll start looking at Goodwill. I mean, it's just been, it's, it's just a, a commitment level issue. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've spent a lot of hours of my life hunting down these mugs and I'm very picky oh. about, about the mugs that come home with me. Well, good so, job. They're really paid off. I have, can I tell you a mug story really quick? Of course. I was driving, I just came back from a speaking thing last night, but I drove um, on my way to the airport in Michigan. I had a little time and I drove past a Salvation Army and I'm still looking for mugs <laughs> because I'll probably always be looking for mugs, but I'm actually sending some mugs out to some people. So I needed a few more. So I, I ran in. You guys are not going to believe this. <laughs> so excited. There, there were... <laughs> There were just like four mugs on the rack and none of them were like on their shelf. None of them were really what I was looking for. But behind them, there was an anthropology mug. I'm not even kidding you. I have the one, like there are, (laughs) there are a couple mugs in my collection that are not from the thrift store. They're not on the cover of this book. That's okay. I don't know if you guys, if you guys have seen like the really beautiful. Oh, yes. Like the monogram. Yes. Mugs. With like, but the, like the monogram is made out of like really colorful flowers. Oh and yes, they're beautiful. It's, I bought one. Like I spent, I wow. paid retail money yes. to buy the S one. I found a D. Goodwill mugs are amazing, and every now and then you might even find an anthropology mug at your Goodwill. That's I'm amazing. Like, who, who put this? Like who donated this? What is happening? What's the story no, here? I, I think, need to know. I really think you know God shows up for us in weird ways and blesses us, and He sees mm-hmm. us, and He He. He like purposely places mugs in it your path. It stirred your affection for Jesus. So I'm serious. <laughs> Lindsay, sure. Lindsay has owls show up in random places because she has a love for owls. You, it's the mugs. Seriously, owls will show up literally out of the blue sky for me. It's like, bizarre. Is it like actual owls? Actual owls. And she will scream and you'll almost get in a car <laughs> wreck. There. Yeah. It's crazy. It. Like in it's daytime. Like, look at how God loves me. And it's yeah. like, and then even. she'll be crying over an owl. <laughs> I love it. So we that's get awesome. it, girl. We love your mugs. Like, it's oh, a dream so here. Oh, that's so great. I know. Well, the, hey, how about you send us a picture of okay. those mugs for the post? If you can. Oh, you can. of my mug rack or yeah, what? Yeah. Yeah. Can we... What, your ones that you just bought. Like Oh, the ones I just bought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was so pretty. Thank you for sharing your voice with so many people. So make sure you head over to the website at bydesignpodcast.com where you will have a link to Shannon's blog, to her website, to a link so you can get this book in your life. Well, no, seriously, Shannon, thank you for coming on and sharing your heart and um, just your world right now. We're, we're thankful for you. And I can't wait for people to get this book in their hands. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. I love chatting with you. Have a good day. You too. You too. Bye. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.